This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes one through four. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other manscaped items that's manscaped.com Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is your truly TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, this is Draft Talk Day number three, which is part three of a series. Uh, day one, we talked about uh, the NFL draft. Uh, we talked about like some key uh, positions. Uh, we also day two we talked about the mock draft i told you who i feel the saints were going to pick and also now we're part three we're going to be talking about some saints news that took place uh on uh wednesday um it was some uh news that came out of course mickey loomis had his uh pre-draft press conference uh we're going to be talking a little bit about that of course sean payton uh has he's close to making a deal with fox sports so we're going to be talking about that as well but shouts out to everybody in the chat th those that came over those that uh are here uh make sure that you hit that like button if you enjoy the content uh the state of the saints podcast i would really appreciate that but let's go ahead and go into it man um mickey loomis uh had his pre-draft press conference and uh he talked about uh certain subjects uh the first subject i have the clip uh, he talked a little bit about uh, the the trade uh, and why he decided to make the trade uh, with Philadelphia. Check it out. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we look at them, they look at them, and we just come to, you know, an agreement. To, uh, look, for us, it's an opportunity to get, I think, another good player um, a year ahead of time for a value that we liked. That's in a nutshell what it was. Who initiated 
first call. Yeah, I think I think that was Howie. He, he was looking to, you know, he had three first-round picks, and he was looking to um, shift one to next year. And for you guys, shift them one to this year, is that just kind of you like where your roster's at? You got some guys you like to build around now as opposed to maybe? Yeah, again, I just, I, you know, th I think it's an opportunity to get, you know, a really good player a year before we would get him more narrowly, and, and I liked the value of what we gave up versus what we got. Yeah, so he talked a little bit about the trade, and he also talked about possibly drafting a quarterback early. It seems like the quarterback class is all over the board with how people have graded and ranked them. Just maybe overall, how do you all feel about the group? Yeah, that's not an area I want to get into. <laughs> I'm going to say this, man. Um, can we please stop interviewing Mickey Loomis? I'm I'm serious. Can we please stop interviewing Mickey Loomis? Mickey Loomis is a mastermind. He has mastered the art of saying a lot of stuff without saying anything at all. This guy is the king of empty calorie commentary. I'm telling you, empty calorie commentary is Mickey Loomis. I'm serious, man. The dude talked for 20 minutes. I never seen anything like it. This dude talked for 20 minutes. And I was just as lost as I was when I first clicked the video. I mean, it is incredible the way that this dude does this. But can we please stop talking to this guy? I mean, you get absolutely nothing out of him. And you can tell, like, he's only doing it because it's his obligation. I, I mean, look, it, it's just a, basically a waste of time. Mickey Loomis isn't going to tell you anything. He is a guy that is, is kind of closed-lipped. He knows the type of direction he wants to go in. And I respect that. I just feel like, it's, why, why are you wasting my time? Why are you wasting a media time? I mean, gas is almost $4 a gallon. It is $4 a gallon in some areas. Why you got these people driving down the airline only to talk to Mickey Loomis about absolutely nothing? All right, so let, let's, let's kill that, okay? I'm so glad that you only talked to Mickey Loomis maybe three times uh, throughout the entire course of a season because, my goodness. But the trade, the trade, um, the trade with the Philadelphia Eagles, I can understand, you know, that was a big move. He's talked about Howard Roseman. Uh, you know, he, he got in contact uh, with Mickey Loomis and the New Orleans Saints willing to make a deal. And I like the fact that the, what Mickey Loomis said, one thing, he said you can get a player, a, a top player early uh, than, a, you know, than the next year. So you can be able to build your team a little bit early and prematurely than you would if you were to have that first round pick next year you actually have two uh first round picks this year so i do like that dynamic um i, I don't know anything that's going to happen like i said um i feel like the new orleans saints if they were smart they would keep uh, both of these picks i don't feel like it's absolutely necessary for you to move up and try to draft somebody early okay i don't i, I feel like you can get yourself quality at 16 and 19 this isn't like you're you're picking in a in a late 20s or something like that you're picking in the teens that's a nice spot the 16th spot is a really good spot the 19th spot is a good spot so you can address some key positions early now it also gives the the saints a possibility if they feel that they need to move up maybe get an offensive lineman that that's a top offensive lineman or something like that it gives them leverage to do so but it's not absolutely necessary and, and you don't want to do that. And also, uh, I think that it, what he said in the press conference 
man, and it's hard dissecting this guy, but he's saying that you can start a year early, you know, on building. So that seems like to me he's going to stay at 16 and 19. And as far as the quarterback position, um, I just think that he's probably tired of talking about it. He don't want to talk about the quarterback position. Um, I, I think that whatever the, the Saints decide to do, they already know it. All right. And the Saints don't want to give you anything. I mean, that's just the way that they work. You go, you go back to Sean Payton. Sean Payton, he did not talk about injuries. If a guy was injured, if you didn't see a guy at practice, uh, you, you're not going to get it from Sean Payton. You'll see the injury list come out and then you, you have to make your own interpretation. But that's just the way that they roll. But I'm just sick and tired of watching Mickey Loomis press conferences. I'm, I'm just being dead serious. I like Mickey Loomis, but watching him talk to the media is a complete waste of time. And we just need to go ahead and kill that noise. All right. Uh, but as far as the NFL draft, I'm excited uh, for the New Orleans Saints. This is the start of a new beginning. This is the start of a brand new season, a season of endless possibilities. We know that the Saints had a really good defense last season. If they didn't have some injuries, maybe the Saints would have been a playoff team. They were close to being a playoff team. They they lived up to the end of their bargain by knocking off the Atlanta Falcons. If the 49ers would have lost to the Rams, and they should have when you're down 17-3 to late in the second half, close to the fourth quarter, you should lose a football game. But the Saints did what they needed to do, came up short. This is a team that is ready to win. If you put a few pieces in place, why can't the Saints uh, be a Super Bowl contender? I don't feel like that's too far-fetched. You look around the NFC. I mean, who's knocking your socks off? Who's scaring the hell out of your NFC? Nobody to me. I just feel like the NFC is wide open. Now, if you just so happen to make the Super Bowl, going up against the AFC, uh, AFC team would be tough. But you give you give the Saints a 16 and 19 pick. They do the right things with it and also be able to uh, draft quality players late in rounds as they often show that they can. The Saints can be a playoff team. Hell, they can be a Super Bowl contender. Jameis Winston has great ability. Alvin Kamara has great ability. Mark Ingram, we know that he has great ability. Michael Thomas coming back, he's shown he has great ability, even though we haven't seen him play in a couple of years. And you get yourself a young wide receiver, a very hungry physical offensive lineman, and you get yourself a couple players in the secondary to add to what you're already building on. Why can't the Saints be a Super Bowl contender? I just I don't get it. I get people talking about Sean Payton not being there, who we're about to talk about in a few minutes. And I can understand that people are still mourning the loss of the great quarterback, Drew Brees. But the Saints are a good football team. And just because they came up short does not mean that you need to break down and tear down the entire team. I mean, let's put this thing into perspective here, folks. All of the bad things that happened to this team last season. It is a miracle that they were there in the end. Okay, I mean, they got displaced early in the season. The Superdome caught on fire. You had injuries to almost every uh, offensive lineman for the exception of Cesar Ruiz. Uh, you lost your quarterback. Uh, Alvin Kamara missed some games. I mean, come on, man. Uh, Taysom Hill, even though he was playing out there, he was playing out there with a bad foot and a bad finger. All these different things were happening around you, and yet this team still found a way to be there in the thick of things in the end. So imagine if you have the battle of attrition on your side. You don't lose too many players due to injury. Of course, injuries are going to happen. It's football. 
But if you don't lose injury, you don't lose key players. The Saints can be a Super Bowl contender. All right. And it all starts to me by building around Jameis Winston and making this offense be competitive. The biggest issue last season was the offense. The defense played spectacular. And we're hoping that they can replicate what they built on last season. And if they do, and you get yourself some offensive weapons, the Saints can be one of the best teams in the league. But before we uh, talk about Sean Payton, I'm about to go to your comments. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Shouts out to everybody in the chat. Once again, if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking about Mickey Loomis' uh, pre-draft press conference, and we're also going to be talking about Sean Payton. Please hit that like button if you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast content. Uh, Elite says uh, OG, double OG, triple OG, uh, Bishop Bowwinkle. <laughs> uh, King Arthur says homie up there blowing hot air. Man, wasting everybody time. I mean, I just don't like that, man. Look, I know ain't nobody going to really come out there and see it. And, you know, it, it's nothing about the media. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm taking shots at the, the New Orleans Saints media when I said that I did. I mentioned it earlier on social media. Uh, you can follow me at TJ Jones 8 on Twitter. I said it earlier, but it wasn't a knock on the media. Like, the, it, it's not about the media, you know, the questions that they were asking. I think the media does a, a good job asking questions to him. The thing about it is he just duck and dodge, man. This dude is the Floyd Mayweather of, <laughs> of press conferences, man. He ducking and dodging. Uh, you can tell that he was a lawyer, you know, of the way that he deflects. And, and just avoids questions and and talks loud and says absolutely nothing, man. But like I said, I like Mickey Loomis. I mean, it's, press conferences aren't for everybody, right? I, I, I it's just not for everybody. I, I get it as a coach, um, as an executive, you have media obligations, but it's just not for everybody. And I, I honestly feel like you shouldn't have to sit up there and talk to anybody if that's just not your thing. Now, if something of some extreme importance comes out, I guess you can say this this draft thing. <clears throat> I just feel like if if you don't want to talk, you can always send somebody you know in as a representative or something like that to be able to give a little bit more uh, transparency. But him being up there was just a waste of time, and I I just felt bad for the media, man. I, I really did. I felt bad that they had to sit up there. And and talk to this guy for 19 minutes and 31 seconds, and nothing really happened. Uh, Casual says, "Very excited to know who we get in the draft, and when I get off work, the Pelicans play." Yeah, man, that's definitely gonna be a uh, torn between two lovers right there. You know, the love uh, for the Pels and uh, the love for the Saints. You know, I mean, but at the same time, I think that you know the Pelicans being in the playoffs. I mean, that's extremely important, giving the Suns everything that they can ask for and everything that they can handle. Uh, they definitely deserve our support. So it's going to be tough, man. Uh, but you still get opportunity to watch that. Um, if you don't watch the entire NFL draft, we're definitely going to be here. Live reaction show uh, for the NFL draft. Once again, for the fifth year, we're going to be doing that. So let me take these headphones off. I feel like I'm talking too loud in my room uh wide receiver chris alave number 16 uh i in my mock draft if you check it out and i encourage everybody um that has not uh, you can check out the video it's probably like about 13 minutes uh you know after this or even while you're watching if you want to click over and check out the video i did 
uh, the State of Saints podcast 2022 mock draft. Uh, I had uh, Chris Olave coming to the Saints at 19 and the Saints drafting a guy like Charles Cross, uh, you know, at 16, offensive lineman. So that was the way I seen. But definitely Chris Olave deserves a spot on the New Orleans Saints team. Uh, He can bring uh, a different dynamic, uh, something that the Saints have been missing for years uh, to this team. And I think that he'll be hitting the ground running right away. Right. I mean, other wide receivers out there. Guys like Garrett Wilson, I feel like going to be gone. Uh, Jamison Williams, even though uh, I think that he's one of the best um, out of the group, uh, he's probably going to start the season on a PUP list, you right, on a pup list. So you're going to be waiting for this guy to play, you know, to about October. So if you want a guy that's hitting the ground running, um, you know, a possible day one starter, be able to start your season, I think you need to go in the direction of Chris Olave. Jermaine says, hey, TJ, I hope it don't be another Ruiz pick in the first round. Oh, man, uh, I hope not. Uh, I, I hope not, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I Look, Cesar Ruiz has not lived up to the expectation, which makes it even more frustrating um, to me, you know, when I, I seen it. Of course, some of you that have been rocking with the State of the Saints podcast for a long time, you've seen my reaction. But I, I just, I have absolutely no problem with the same draft than anybody out of a smaller school, but I, I needed to make some sense. Uh, Cesar Ruiz at that particular time did not make sense. It wasn't the fact that he was a bad player coming out of Michigan because he wasn't, but it just didn't make sense for what the Saints actually needed. Last year, them drafting Peyton Turner <clears throat> in the first round, the Saints didn't necessarily need a, a defensive end at that particular time. And as you've seen, Peyton Turner didn't even play. He didn't even play. He only played, what, like one game? And you had a whole bunch of guys like, you know, Tano Passigno, Cam Jordan, uh, Marcus Davenport, other guys that have been here for the exception of, of Passigno playing out there. You you kind of forgot Peyton Turner was on the team. I just don't want to see one of those situations. And I don't think the Saints need to go out here trying to get nobody like a defensive end if you get yourself an interior lineman, the only exception I would make that would make some sense if Jordan Davis is available and you draft him. I get it. Jordan Davis was one of the most dynamic, one of the most physical, uh, one of the most uh, you know freakish athletes in college football, being his size, 330, 340 pounds, moving like he does. I can understand that. But going out here getting a position that's just completely unnecessary – I, I mean, it, it's time out for that nonsense. <clears throat> uh, Gundam. TJ, are you expecting us to move up to uh, Seattle's uh, nine spot? Hearing a lot of teams uh, have called them about that pick. Look, I just think that if you're trying to do that, you're just wasting wasting time. Uh, the only reason I would see the Saints moving up to that nine spot is to try to get a quarterback. And we all know how I feel about this. And we talked about this at nauseum. Look, I don't think any one of these quarterbacks are world changers. I don't feel like any of these quarterbacks are going to be transcendent. I think that they probably end up being good. But are they going to be a face of a franchise? Are they going to be taking the league by storm? Probably not. Okay. you probably. I mean, it'd probably be an exception. Maybe one of those guys probably break through but none of these guys i feel like are warranted 
you moving heaven and earth to get all right i mean you got a quarterback in Jameis winston and i'm just so sick and tired of people the these pundits out here just drawing salt on this dude man live talking about what this dude did on another team right i mean it's not about what he did with the saints it's about what he did in tampa and people are dismissing this man and talking like this dude can't play and talk about how this dude can't be a good decision maker and talk about how this dude can't be a leader and it's like when they talk about it when they talk about him it's as if you know it's a no-brainer the saints need a quarterback you never seen Jameis winston in another uniform you never seen Jameis winston with adequate coaches that can coach certain habits out of him to make him a better quarterback you never seen that version of him so how in the world can you sit up here and say that the saints need to go out here and get another quarterback and i just think that comes up that comes to you know pure ignorance that's what it's all up to is it's just ignorance it's ignorance of people one that don't follow saints football they don't follow it they don't know what's going on they they get their interns to burn the midnight oil and we're going to be talking about the saints tomorrow morning so i need you to give me all the information that you can on the new orleans saints and of course they're trying to you know keep people interested so they talk about some of the the biggest positions that everybody talk about we want to talk about quarterbacks we want to talk nobody wants to talk about offensive line people want to talk about wide receivers you know and and cornerbacks and stuff like that so low-hanging fruit is Jameis Winston because throughout Jameis Winston's career he has been low-hanging fruit to the media I don't think that the Saints need to go in a direction of a quarterback I just think that you need to put weapons around this dude and moving up to the number nine spot would be a huge mistake you can get two cornerstone players in the first round if you do your due diligence and jeff ireland and his scout team along with mickey loomis do a really good job finding those diamonds in the rough so don't be out here you know don't go chasing quarterbacks okay stick to the wide receivers and the offensive lines that you're used to okay <laughs> yeah i mean don't move up man it's not necessary uh i rather manifest strength for you in meditation as well suggest particular crystals i don't know what we're talking about there um <laughs> uh, love the setup tj thank you jerry uh man it's just a work in progress man i got some other stuff coming through um so we're gonna be changing the layout uh pretty soon man but this just a start right here uh probably you know some of the stuff behind me probably gonna move around a little bit uh the picture that y'all actually see was a um a portrait that uh you know i i got you know my wife you know they had a i was uh, working in an event in conway south carolina and a girl was like drawing caricatures so that's a caricature of my wife and the other side over there's a caricature of paxton so um yeah but it's gonna change around a little bit man i like to set up and you know i got tired of like being behind a desk you know i like to sit back chill you know what i'm saying make it a you know a cool environment so i mean this is my office man this is my space where i come and chill out play the video game watch tv you know what i'm saying like so you know i want to make it comfortable and i want to make the the podcast comfortable because i'm not a sit behind the desk type guy in my 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 actual life so why should i sit behind the desk do a show <laughs> you think peyton has the autonomy uh in his draft uh no i do not um I don't think he has absolutely uh no nothing to do with this draft and he shouldn't you know you step down you decide to walk away from coaching uh you know you shouldn't have anything to do with it look this is dennis team and 
I just feel like anytime we 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 try to throw Sean Payton in there, I feel like it's a little bit disrespectful to Sean. I mean, uh, to Dennis, because Dennis has you know got the opportunity, and I honestly, and, and Rams, I'm, I'm gonna just be real with you. Like, do you want Sean Payton to be around? I don't. I don't want Sean Payton to be around. I don't want Sean Payton involved in the decision making process because one day. Sean Payton is going to coach another team. And then what you going to do, right? Who are you going to be able to fall back on then? You got to be able to make these decisions right now and it don't involve Sean Payton. When Sean Payton was coaching, I'm, he, I'm pretty sure he was heavily involved. And some of the decisions that the Saints made were influenced by him. But these decisions shouldn't be influenced by Sean Payton. They should be influenced by Dennis Allen, the coaching staff, Mickey Loomis, and his front office. That should be the only people involved. Uh, Sean Payton should be nowhere involved in the decision of who the Saints need to select in 2022 because he shouldn't because he he lost that right. Uh, Drew Brees couldn't get the ball down the field the last two years. Yeah, I mean, that's true. We know that uh, Drew Brees had diminishing arm strength. I mean, if the story has uh, been said over and over again. We talked about this over and over again, but. We know that Jameis doesn't have that issue. We know that Jameis can spin that rock. Uh, so, I, I mean, you can get yourself a player that can fly because Jameis can get him the ball. Lee says, uh, we were there due to Team Winston starting 5-2 and two compared to 2-5 and five before getting injured. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have even uh, been talking playoffs. Exactly. And the thing about it is, now you have people out here that talk about Oh, Jameis Winston, he was, you know, you look at his stats. Uh, he wasn't going to be able to keep up with that pace. Who cares, right? Who cares, man? If if, if what he's putting up there, like, if if it results, if, if, if the end result is winning, who cares? I don't. I don't care about, oh, well, if, if you know, if the season would have went on instead of 300 yards, he would have averaged 290 yards. Who cares? See, man, we get wrapped up in these analytics, man. I mean, me like analytics don't always tell the story. What I care about is what a guy can do in crunch situations. Uh, what can a guy do to help the team win? And I don't go by all these stats because the year that Tampa won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, Tom Brady was leading the league in interceptions for at least, you know what I'm saying, like eight weeks, right? And then week nine after that bye week, they just took off, right? Matthew Stafford was up there, you know, in, in interceptions in the National Football League. But he ended up finding a way of making it to the Super Bowl. And don't say, though, Matthew Stafford, uh, it wasn't for him. Now, nah, Matthew Stafford made some throws. So I don't care about stats. Stats don't always tell you the story. And I just think that people who try to wrap themselves in stats and say, well, this the stats say this or therefore, nah, it don't always tell the whole story, man. Just because a guy may have like certain analytics don't always equate to success. It don't always mean that they're going to end up, you know, being a Super Bowl champion. I want to say Patrick Mahomes threw for 5,000 yards uh, one season. And what he had like 40 plus touchdowns or something like that. And they didn't make the Super Bowl then. They didn't make the Super Bowl. They lost to the New England Patriots. Controversial fashion, but still. I mean, it don't always equate to success. Big numbers don't always equate to success. 
and I don't feel like analytics always tell you the whole story. Give me a guy that can actually play. Give me a guy that can make the throws and win games when absolutely necessary. That's what I need. All that stuff about, you know, what he did, all I know is, like you said, Elite, Jameis Winston, when he was starting, he was 5-2. and two. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And I'm sick and tired of people using analytics and all these other things to try to demean and denounce this dude. This dude is a leader. The pe- like His teammates like him. You know, fans are starting to, you know, really embrace him. And I think that the dude really legitimately, sincerely cares about bringing success to New Orleans uh, for the foreseeable future. And as long as that is his number one focus, he always has my support. Now, if Jameis Winston goes out there and he doesn't perform well, then you can go in another direction. But people are speculating and saying all these things like, oh, man, he's not the guy. What makes you t- what what makes you believe that he's not the guy based on what you see him do in a Saints uniform? Too many people t- talking and thinking about Tampa and not about New Orleans. Dude hasn't been in Tampa in almost three years. Chris Olave, wide receiver, 16, or offensive tag, Mississippi State at 19. Uh, Charles Cross is not going to last that long. I tell you that right now. And even with my mock draft, I mean, it's just basically wishful thinking. You know, I think Charles Cross might not even be there by the time the Saints pick. That's just wishful thinking on my behalf. Uh, you can tell he's a lawyer. It's never a compliment. <laughs> exactly. You lie on your feet. TJ, do you think people who interview like Mickey are more annoying than shock jocks? Uh, you know, um, not really, you know, because the thing about the thing about uh, you know, guys like this is, you know, they, you know what I'm saying, they they don't care about what you think about them. They don't care that you walk away and be like, man, this was a waste of time. But when it comes to shock jocks, they do care about that. They do care about analytics. They do care about numbers. They do care about your attention. So that makes them even more annoying. What I don't like about shock jocks is the fact that I feel like they do a disservice to the viewer because the viewer is an afterthought. If you ever like got into communications, and I'll open the door for y'all for a few minutes. If you ever get into the world of broadcasting, media, whatever, I mean, you have these meetings, right? You have these meetings and you talk about uh, ratings and you talk about sponsors. That's what they care about. They care about ratings and they care about sponsors. And these guys are willing to say or do anything in order to keep you captivated, to keep you on social media when videos come out. Why do you think guys like Stephen A. Smith, they'll take little snippets, third three-minute, uh, three-minute, uh, you know, videos of them yelling and screaming about a controversial topic because they want you to retweet it and share it and say, oh, man, can you believe this clown? So that makes it more annoying because it's not, to me, their real genuine emotion. Like Mickey Loomis, this is his real genuine self. Like, he don't like talking to the media, don't like giving you anything. But these guys, like, in, that are shock jocks, they just create narratives. And that's what I don't like. Like, it's like it's almost like you know you ever seen that movie i think i love my wife and um they had a part where chris rock wanted to uh you know go off with carrie washington to go out she wanted him to go out with him so he was like how am i gonna go out 
he's like making excuse. So he ended up making an excuse with his wife about how she didn't make uh how she made chicken every day. Just pit the argument, right? Just to be a troll, you know what I'm saying? Just to get out of the out of the house. These guys, they they come up with these narratives and they say all these things just to get your attention, right? And they'll stop at nothing to get what they want. So that's the way I look at it, you know. So I feel like shock jocks are the most annoying. And I just feel like they do more harm. They do more harm than good because you got people out here right now that feel like they have to mimic their style and create their podcast and, and create their platform just like that, right? They, they feel like that's the wave. They feel like that is how they're going to be able to make it in the world of media. They feel like that's the way that their podcast is going to blow up. That's how they feel. They feel like the more, con the more controversial you are, the more clicks that you get. Man, look, people can smell a phony a mile away, but I digress. Yeah, shock jocks are the worst, man. I'm sorry. They, they are the absolute worst. Uh, Stroll down just a little bit. I did the PFL mock several times, and the players uh, that I was able to draft on several occasions included uh, defensive tackle Davis, Williams, Lucas, and uh damian pierce i assume that you're referring to yeah look i mean we we don't know like we don't know and then on top of that you got to take into account teams are going to be traded people going to be moving up to get certain players you don't know what a team is going to do so we only doing this based on the same draft positioning and yes there's an option for a trade but when you're trading you're basically just creating your own narrative Right. So you really don't know what direction that they're going to go in. You don't know what teams are thinking. Uh, analysts, they can have an idea, but you don't know until that day actually comes. Mickey Loomis stated during the uh, process that it has uh, to be much quieter without him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that when he was talking about Shoy Payton, when it's talking about the process, talking about it was much quieter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, you've been around. 15 16 years <clears throat> and um you know i'm pretty sure you're going to be pretty vocal because you know you want to make sure that you bring the best players in there and also players that you can build around nope that's why i worry about him being at the pelicans game with da <laughs> saints will win the nfc south hands down i don't know about hands down but i hope so I can't love anything having to do with the Cowboys. I'm ready for that. I draw a line if it happens. Otherwise, I wish Peyton well. Yeah, that's uh, that's true, man. I mean, look, I wish him well. I don't want to see him with the Cowboys, but. I mean, wherever he goes, I, I mean, I hope that he uh does well. I prefer Alave over Williams. Yeah, I mean, look, if you want production, if you want production right away, you go with Jamison. Uh, I mean, you go with Chris Alave. Now, Jamison Williams, I feel like is going to be an incredible wide receiver when he does get healthy. But I just think that it's the waiting game. And for me, I don't think that the Saints – I don't think the Saints can wait for a guy like that. The Saints need to hit the ground running quick. No, this is the only exception. 
And I'm gonna be look if the Saints draft Jamison Williams at pick number 16, they're going after Jarvis Landry. That's that's the way I look at it because there's no way, there is absolutely no way that you should be able to start the season with what you have right now and Michael Thomas. I mean, it just it just wouldn't make much sense unless guys like Quan Baker that took a a huge step forward. Esau Winston that took a huge step forward. You know, like, you don't start the season with what you have. If they draft Jamison Williams, that's telling me that they about to go out here and get themselves a veteran receiver because they know what they have inside their locker room and they seen what was on the field last season and their inability to be able to do anything that was effective at the wide receiver position. So if they get Jamison Williams, they draft – I mean, they're going out here signing – a veteran wide receiver I mean, because you're not going to get Jamison Williams to at least October and November. So to me, that, that would say a lot with that decision. <clears throat> TJ, people are worried about the offense being explosive. Uh, they forget that for three years uh, that Carmichael was over uh, our play call and we were top two and offense twice and top three uh, once averaging 460 yards a game yeah i remember that but i also remember the saints had a hell of a lot of talent i remember you know when they had jimmy graham and darren sproles and you know you had meacham coming back uh you know you had uh coasting out there man you had talent you had drew Brees, who was out there pulling the trigger and still was able to get the ball down the field i mean so you you had that going for you i mean look it's it gonna take more than p carmichael to be able to Put this, make this uh <laughs> to make this offense average 460 yards with the trash they got. All right, that ain't it, bro. That ain't it. Okay, you're gonna have to overhaul this thing. It's, it's time out for sugar code. You ain't about to average 460 yards of total offense with Traquan Smith, uh, you know, Deontay Hardy and, and Marquez Callaway and Michael Thomas. That just ain't happening, man. And, and even if you do, man, why would you want to go into the season hoping? that you can do something like that, man. When you can go out here and get yourself a, a wide receiver, a young guy that can give you that type of production. Hell, man, to me, and I like all, like, no disrespect to any one of those guys. I wish all the success. But to me, I don't even think you solidified at the number three wide receiver position. I like Callaway. I think that he's talented. But if I can get somebody, you know, that's a you know a veteran wide receiver somebody i know for a fact that can give me better production than them i'm letting the rest of them dudes compete i'm serious man like it's time out for that man like it, this isn't this isn't a sean payton led team like dennis allen is a brand new coach and i think that we need to evaluate him you know accordingly you know he ain't got no skins on the wall and he needs to understand that he needs to understand that he does not have to pull the leverage, the cachet of a Sean Payton. And you can't be around this thing lollygagging and pussyfooting around with guys that are undrafted free agents and you're hoping and praying and wishing that they end up being something so your team can be productive. Nah, man, you got to put your players out there, guys that you feel like are going to make some plays and alleviate the pressure off a guy like Jameis. When he gets them the ball, he ain't got to worry about giving them the ball and stride. If you give him a ball, you know what I'm saying, and they 
And, you know, they're getting jammed at the line of scrimmage. They're still catching the ball and getting yards after the catch. You need guys that's going to be able to, you know, make plays, right? That that makes a quarterback life much better. So, it's, I don't – to me, I don't even think they set. Like, I think that mind frame that we have, like, oh, man, you know, man, this dude pretty good. Man, he an undrafted free agent. We do a good job uh, getting undrafted free agents. We do. But I would prefer – to be able to get a guy that I know for a fact would give me solid production and not a guy that, you know, I don't know, we hoping and praying that he end up being something. I, I mean, that's, that's just the way I roll. I'm, it's time out for all these projects. Let's get a short thing. Tim, thank you very much for the $20. Says the host of the State of the Saints podcast. It's been a while, but here's to you and your family. I hope all is well. Uh, did you hear uh, Alvin's case? Uh, has been moved to August, not looking good. We low-key uh, might need a running back. Well, Tim, uh, yes, I did hear about that. And, uh, man, shots out to you. Yeah, it has been a while. Glad you're doing okay out there in Canada. Um, But, yeah, man, it's not looking good. And um, I said this uh, on the last show when I was doing a mock draft. I had the Saints uh, in the uh, third round uh, getting Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. You know, six foot one, 225 pound running back, a guy who can run in between the tackles, a guy who kind of has that running style that of a Mark Ingram. So Mark Ingram, <coughs> who is 32 years old, you know, he's still up there at age. But Mark Ingram is good in a screen game. Right. And he's good at running in between the tackles. And if you combine uh, Brian Robinson along with Mark Ingram, I think you'll have yourself, you know, a good one two punch there. So. If Alvin Kamara misses a certain amount of time, which most likely he will, um, you'll be able to have some level of production at the running back position, uh, even if you're not a screen team or as screen-oriented as you once were when he was there. So you definitely need to get yourself a running back in order to prepare for life, possibly, without Alvin Kamara, which we know how special this guy is. So you're going to have to make up uh, for his absence somehow. Chosen says, uh, Stephen, uh, I used to try to play uh, Max Kellerman like he was slow or didn't have uh, sports uh, outside of boxing. I grew up to uh, like Max after I seen how Stephen uh, tried uh, to out-talk the man and downplay his points. Yeah, Chosen, look, man, Stephen A. Smith is a character, you know. He, he charactered his way to about $10 million a year. And some people would be like, well, you know, you know, I'll do it too, but I don't know, man. Like, I just feel, uh, I, I just think that money isn't everything. Um, if you're making $10 million, I feel like you can make $20 million being yourself. I, I'm just being real because it's going to come a time when, even though you're making that money, I look, and I, I think that people think that just because you're making a amount of money, it just means that all your problems go away. There's nothing worse than not being yourself living a lie right um might get a little personal you ever wake up in the morning did something you you know did the night before remember how bad you felt you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you know looking at yourself in the mirror like man i could do better right i mean it, it it's it's like that right so i don't know man max kellerman is a talented guy he's a smart guy i just think that the response on certain issues especially those that that uh you know address race you know you had yourself 
you know, a lot of minorities, African-Americans, people of color were siding with Max Kellerman and they looked at Stephen A. Smith as a as a buck dancer, uh, you know, as a as a as a Uncle Tom, you know, and I don't think that he liked that. I also don't like the I don't think he liked the fact that Max was becoming more popular than him on a show that he felt like it was his. So he moved them off the show. That, that's the way I felt about it. I feel like it was a jealousy dynamic uh, for, you know, Stephen A. Smith when it comes to Max Kellerman. But uh, you can't keep a good man down. Uh, Max Kellerman is doing a good job uh, over there with Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams. So um, I'm happy for him. Tim, also, uh, thank you for the five dollars. Says also, who's still listening to Chosen Eli Apple this track? I am. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's definitely on repeat, man. That def that's definitely on repeat, man. That, yeah, he killed that joint. <laughs> uh, they out. Uh, they are coming out with a Madden movie about the video game. It's going to be on Paramount Plus. They are going to start filming it in May. It's going to come out sometime this year. Well, Brian, thank you for that report right there. That should be interesting uh madden has been a part of pop culture uh as long as i can remember right i mean we grew up on madden you know to me i just feel like madden kind of the same game over and over again and i wish that 2k would be able to make uh games as well because i feel like madden kind of shortchanges us because they're the only game in town but john madden football is synonymous uh with you know my generation so I mean, that would be interesting to watch. Tim says, more likes, more likes. I agree. Look, if you like the commentary, if you like the content, please hit the like button, you know, so we can, uh, you know, get get more views and, uh, you know, get more attention on a podcast. TJ, I'm hearing Landry wants $15 million per year. That's, uh, yeah, that's a no for me. Look, um based on his injuries that he've had over the last couple of years in his production, I don't know. That might be wishful thinking, but I mean, if he asked him for that type of money, Hey, they got, they got other wide receivers that are out here right now. And you could possibly make some trades. I heard that Darius Slayton uh, was looking for a job, right? And I don't think you're going to be paying him that much. Maybe you want to trade him, trade for him. If Robert Woods going for a fifth round pick, if I seen a uh, Stefan Gilmore go for a sixth round pick, uh, you know, you probably get Slayton for a fourth or a fifth round, you know. So, if Jarvis Landry don't pan out, I mean, there's still ways around it. Also, there's Kendarius Tony out there, they said that he was, uh, you know, up on a trade block. So, he, you know, how dynamic he is. So, I mean, even though if you know the Jarvis Landry thing don't work out, I mean, you still can find receivers that give you production. Dennis has been putting uh, his stamp on a team. Dalton as backup was a great response to the quarterback problem we had last year. Uh, look, Tug Graf, I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, Andy Dalton, I mean, he's played in this league for a long time. He's won a lot of games. Uh, you know, he's not a big game uh, quarterback in my opinion, but he has won games. He's uh, been in big moments. So I do think that that pays dividends. Uh, I think that you can win a few games with him. You know, if he he's backing up for a couple weeks, Right. You know, I think that you can win some games with. Him. So I, I do think that that's a good response. It is a step up, in my opinion, from Trevor Simeon, you know, who only shows up in the fourth quarter. You know, the NFL's garbage man, you know, the king of garbage time, you know, four minutes. Uh, he, I call him four minute Trevor, you know what I'm saying? Because in the last four minutes, 
he gonna channel his inner Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Uh, but so you, yeah, I, I do think that he's he's making his his stamp. I think that the, the it was solid uh, that Marcus May, you know, move uh, responding to the loss of Marcus Williams. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, he made some moves, bringing back PJ Williams, Dwayne Washington, who's really good on special teams. You know, I, I thought that that was a good move. You know, also bringing back James Hurst. So I mean, yeah, there was some solid moves that were made. Uh, I think the Saints are who who we all who they always been going out here getting guys that's not going to cost them an arm and a leg. So yeah, um, you know he's really done a good job with that. Brian says, whatever we get in the draft at sixteen and nineteen, we should be happy and give them a chance because that's uh, what uh, Saints fans need to be uh, respectful to the new draft picks. Look, it is. I don't think anybody has a problem with the draft picks. I don't have a problem with the draft picks. I don't know what these dudes going to end up doing. My biggest issue is them drafting guys that's not necessarily what you need and guys that are not going to be able to make an immediate impact because you already got a guy at that position. Like, I, And I also get tired of projects. I get tired of watching guys who they get from these small schools and it takes these guys two and three years to develop. When you can go out here and get a guy who has been on a big stage, who's came from a power conference school, like there's, there's look, if there, there's always going to be outliers, there's always going to be guys that come from smaller schools and it can make an immediate impact. Khalil Mack, right? Um, if you think about it, uh, even with Sam, I mean, not Sam Donald, Aaron Donald, you know, coming out of pit. I mean, there are guys that come from schools that's not really, you know, household name type school, power conference, winning championships every year type schools, and they make an immediate impact. But dang, you know, getting these guys coming from these small schools, it takes them three to four years to develop. And, and by the time they develop, they're demanding so much money on the open market, you can't pay them. I just feel like it's a waste of time. Look, if you hitting like you did in 2017, right? You get guys like a Lattimore, a Ramchick, a, a Alvin Kamara, right? More, more times than not, your team is going to have success, which the Saints have had. 2018, we all know they should have been in the Super Bowl. If you keep on trying to get guys and deal and get projects and, oh, this guy has a long wingspan. Oh, this guy gets off the line quick. Well, can you imagine what he can be in two and three years? You don't have two and three years. This is a win-now league. Why do you think you have guys out there that, 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 that are trying to do everything that they possibly can to bring championships? That's why Tampa went out there and got Tom Brady. That's why the Denver Broncos went out there and got Russell Wilson. That's why the Rams went out there and got Matthew Stafford. Nobody is trying to sit around here deal with projects. This is a win-now league because people don't have the patience of Job like they did in the 70s and 80s where they will allow a coach to fall on his face over and over again and still keep the fate and keep hoping that that coach and that team people want to win right now and if you want to win right now you got to go out here and get a sure thing especially in the first round now you can dibble and dabble in a, in a fourth and a fifth round those guys right there you know they might make your team they might be on special teams they might end up going being on a practice squad or whatever but the first three rounds these need to be guys that can possibly be starters on your team. And in the first round, they definitely need to be starters. 
if they if they not giving you that, if they're not going to be on the field at least 70 percent of the time, then I don't feel like they need to be a first round pick. It's it just as simple as that, man. I am tired of watching this. I've been watching the Saints for 35 years of my life and I am sick and tired of watching these projects. And I, I know these guys are going to end up being good. We've seen it with Trey Hendrickson. We're starting to see it with Davenport. Hopefully we see it with Peyton Turner. But damn, it, can we get a, a guy from, you know, that, that's a, that was a top guy, a guy that we've seen playing a Cotton Bowl, a guy that we've seen playing a Sugar Bowl, a national championship, you know, like play it out there, you know, in Pasadena, in the Rose Bowl. Can we get a guy like that? Can we get a guy that we don't have to use Wikipedia to find out who the hell he is and what he did in college? Seriously. I mean, that that's that's all I'm asking for. I mean, I don't think I'm asking for too much, man. If I'm asking for too much, somebody please tell me, but be real. I'm tired of watching this. Uh, your man assaulted uh, charges in Nevada. Uh, uh, yeah, assault charges in uh, Nevada is like six months in jail minimum, according to Google. Tim, uh, look, there's no way Alvin Kamara going to jail. I, I don't see that. Alvin Kamara is not going to jail. I don't see that possibly happen. I, I see him doing some community service, paying a hefty fine. Um, the dude didn't even show up to court uh, last time. He was overseas with his girlfriend, right? So you know he's going to have the best lawyers. Those lawyers are going to make sure that he doesn't have to spend a day in jail. Probably going to have to pay some money, you know, to uh, the plaintiff, of course, you know, but that's just the price you pay, man. When you're a high-profile athlete, there's always going to be guys that are out here trying to get a bag, uh, trying to uh, get under your skin to a point where you get out of your position in order to make things accommodating for them. We seen the same thing last week with Mike Tyson, right? Dude badgering Mike Tyson on a plane till Mike Tyson turned around, put them paws on that boy, you know, and now all of a sudden his friend, oh man, uh, Mike Tyson hit my friend. Uh, he ain't do nothing. I mean, come on, man. We we all know how it goes, right? We all know how it goes. So you got to be a little bit smarter. You know, you, you got to be able to be able to uh, show a little bit of restraint uh, and you can't be arrogant with it either, man. You can't be arrogant with it, you know. Sometimes, you know, these guys, and I'm not saying this is Alvin, but sometimes these guys can get a little success. You know, they get a little arrogant, man. They feel like the world revolves around them, you know, and you know, sometimes they can be a, la a little disrespectful, you know, to folk, or at least they feel. So you got to be able to be smarter than, you know, be smarter than that. First take has been trash since Mac left, ironically. Uh... Can't you know, I don't even pay attention to them shows, man. I don't watch that. I don't watch it. I don't watch shows where individuals aren't being them genuine when they, when they're not being their genuine self. Uh, when Nick Wright can go on an interview and say that I embrace uh, the role of a troll or a shock jock, that's what he said. He said I he said I take pride in being a shock jock. I'm like that that's all you need to know right there you know when you have guys like that i mean a bunch of guys that just will say and do anything to keep a job and when those managers from upstairs call them in the office and say that those ratings are down last quarter these guys are trying to keep work so more power to them man i just don't i, I just can't roll with that <clears throat> I, I mean i just can't like i i i can play the role i, I really could folks i can i can be that guy i can be that person like the people that you see on TV, I can be that guy. But I choose not to. 
because I love, I mean, I'd rather just be my genuine, true self. And like I said earlier, my biggest issue is you have individuals out there like on social media that have these, these platforms, these podcasts, and feel like they have to be Skip Bayless. They have to be Nick Wright. They got to be Stephen A. Smith in order for anybody uh, to actually care about what they think. You know, and I feel bad for those individuals because now they're creating a new generation of trolls, right? Guys that they feel like are going to be, you know, the get where they need to be. I got to piss everybody off. Uh, hopefully Saints don't fumble on these picks. Well, I don't think so, man, because they got to really pay attention to them. 71 in the chat, hit that like. Yeah, please do. Um, I'm late. Uh, what the uh, What the snake did now? uh <laughs> what snake we talking about here what snake we talking about you got my like bro thank you larry thank you larry i appreciate that uh but let's go ahead and talk about sean payton man um some of you probably already know already according to sources sean payton uh is close to making a deal with fox sports uh he'll be a part of the you know the the fox sports team you know um you know, NFL on Fox, along with Howie Long and Jimmy Johnson and Michael Strahan. Look, I think that would be a really good spot for him, especially like, you know, Jimmy Johnson has been on and off, uh, you know, on the show. He's come on and and then, you know, you probably won't see him. I think that Sean Payton, that'll be a good spot for him. I think that would be a good, uh, you know, learning spot for him. You know, you got a bunch of guys around you that can help you, uh, you know, develop and become a, a better uh personality uh i think that this would be a good move for him and also um it all it's a good you know stop right we seen rob gronkowski actually do this uh the year that he decided to retire you know and it, and we know that sean payton is going to go back into coaching so i just feel like this would be a good spot and, it, and it's really uh no surprise to me that he chose fox over other networks especially his relationship with jay glazer who works uh, with Fox, uh, you know, friends with Michael Strahan. So you know that Jay Glazer probably put a good word in for him uh, in order for him to actually be able to get this opportunity. I don't know how Sean Payton uh, will be as an analyst. I, I don't know. Uh, Sean Payton, I mean, for the last 16 years, I mean, you know, he he's a guy who, you know, I, I never really looked at him as an analyst. You know, he's a guy that I feel like is a, you know, a strategic guy. Uh, I feel like he's a good coach. Uh, some of his press conferences, I'm just wondering, like, how is that going to transition when it comes to him actually talking about somebody? And I'm always interested to, you know, at, at guys who always said the right things, did the right things, how that's going to translate to commentary because that's one of the biggest issues I feel like with Drew Brees has as a commentator. Like, Drew Brees, to me, doesn't really, you know, really criticize anybody or really talks that much about you know things that may go bad he really doesn't expound on it or really call it out so be interesting to see how john payton is going to approach uh this commentary life i know that he wants to do it uh, we know that he he said he had aspirations to do it and i just think that he's going to embrace it because sean payton is a guy who is a competitor uh he likes to be challenged and i think that he's going to do everything he possibly can to be really good at it. And who knows, you know, if he becomes real good at it, he might want to stay in doing it longer. I highly doubt that, but 
who knows, man. But congratulations to Sean Payton if this is true. If he does uh, sign with Fox, be interested to see uh, two of the greatest uh, members of the Saints organization, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, uh, on television every single week. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, it's good to see guys, uh, you know, doing other things and, you know, you've got, you're going to support them. So congratulating to Sean Payton. Hopefully he does a really good job. Do you think this is the end of Alvin Kamara's career because he got himself in trouble and he's going to court? This will be uh, the last time we see him in uh, on a football field. Uh, no, I do not. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, Alvin Kamara isn't going anywhere. Uh, he probably end up, you know, getting suspended. But this gonna sound. I, 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 this may be a little graphic, but if guys can get rape charges, if guys can get domestic violence charges, if guys can get drug charges, um, I think that I think that Alvin Kamara will be fine. If those guys are still playing in the National Football League, uh, I think that he will be fine. The fact that he just put some paws on somebody. Now, they did beat that guy up pretty bad, uh, but uh, man, all the things that's going on over the years in the National Football League, I think he's going to be playing uh, sooner rather than later. Kenny Pickett going to the Panthers. Yeah, I agree with that. They like him. They like him, and uh, I'm pretty sure that's the route they go go. T.O. really uh, ticked Stephen A. off with his Cobbit on live TV. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. But, I mean, Stephen A., man, Stephen A. is a troll. I mean, anybody, like, I, anybody that set up what they're going to say I, I just feel like that's like so weak. Those are two. Those are two things that really bother me. When people set up, they they you know they commentary, and when people like start to like brag on themselves, like man, I got some real, I got some real heat that I'm about to let y'all know about. Man, y'all ain't gonna like me after this show. Like what? You know what I'm saying? Like let let the audience be the judge of that. Like I just feel like it is not genuine. If I'm talking, like, I don't, anybody that's been following the State of Saints podcast, I don't have a script. Y'all get my my real, raw emotions, right? You should, A person should get your real, raw emotions, right? It, it, I feel like if I go on here and tell y'all, man, I'm about to go off today. I, I just feel like I'm not giving y'all my real, genuine self. Because I'm already prepared to give you all, you know what I'm saying, something, Right? And it, it, it feels like it would be scripted or, or animated. So anybody that does that, man, I mean, I just, you know, it, it's just not real anyway, right? When people start to, like, pat themselves on the back or, you know, set people up, you know, to say, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Like, that's whack, man. But Stephen A. Smith, to me, is a character, a character, you know? And honestly, you know, according to, you know, some people that, you know, I interact with, they don't like them. You know, I'm talking about like prominent, <laughs> prominent, uh, you know, news people. They don't like him. Like people I've talked to, people I interact with behind the scenes, not a fan of him, not a fan of his type of journalism at all. Or any of that shock jock journalism. 
Uh, imagine being Dennis Allen last year, coaching the defense and watching the quarterback play. I'm sure he was frustrated. Well, I will say this, and I've said this before. Uh, it was about time for the defense to step up and help the offense because we know for years the offense has been carrying the defense. So I don't feel bad for him. It's just frustrating to watch the offense be that bad. But I don't feel bad for the defense because, I mean, we know them boys can start traffic with a stop sign for years. You guys getting uh, Trevor Penning, uh, let me see, as a – well, Trevor Penn as a wide receiver or quarterback. Man, Carolina getting a quarterback. Sam Donald, I don't care how many press conferences and interviews he goes on to talk about how good he is. Uh, he is not the answer. You had two opportunities. Uh, you played for the Jets. We'll get you a pass. And you had a shot uh, to be the starting quarterback in Carolina. Uh, you played so awful and was so average that they decided to go get a guy, Cam Newton, uh, who was clearly uh, kind of past his prime. So, look, you, you got to be smarter than this. They're going to draft a quarterback. If, if Carolina doesn't, I'd be highly surprised. Uh, shout out to the Saints, though. Uh, Carolina uh, better than the Saints. Uh, no, they're not. Uh, if we don't uh, pick the best wide receiver available, I'm uh, going to be mad. Well, I, I think that wide receiver needs to be somewhere in the conversation. No one understood why we drafted Ryan Ram because we had Armstead, Zach Streif, but that worked out. Uh, Bryant, there's a difference, all right? And I want you to understand this. Uh, Zach Streif was about to retire. Zach Streif, when Ryan Ramchek uh, was drafted, the Saints knew that Zach Streif was uh, going to retire, right? They brought him in almost as, a, as you know, you know, as a, the guy that's going to replace the guy. If you notice, Zach Streif retired the next year. Zach Streif was, you know, on his way out. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's understood. But when you, you know, when you get a guy like, you know, Cesar Ruiz, I just feel like that wasn't necessary. I mean, let's just be real about this. As of today, some people may not, you know, like the guy because of his performance with the Minnesota Vikings in the wild card, but Larry Wolfer was better than him. You know, like Larry Wolfer was a pro bowler. And uh, so who, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Cesar Ruiz or would you have Larry Wolf? I'd rather have Larry Wolf. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, of course, but, you know, Zach Streif was on his way out. So I kind of I understood the Ryan Ramchek pickup. That made sense to me, you know. I went like, man, why do you got Ryan Ramchek? First off. Anytime you get offensive line for Wisconsin, you ain't never gonna have no problem with me. I don't care where I don't care where you draft them at. Offensive line and Wisconsin just just go hand in hand, right? <clears throat> you gonna get yourself a solid offensive lineman if you went to Wisconsin because they run the hell out of football out there. So you ain't never gonna have no problem. I if a person has a problem with offensive linemen coming out of Wisconsin, I question your football knowledge. But I can understand why the Saints did that. I, I don't. I don't understand why they would draft a guy like Peyton Turner first round. You know, Cam Jordan, show he still had a lot left in the tank. Davenport, I guess you can say, okay, Davenport has a history of injuries. Maybe that was why, but you needed a cornerback more than you needed a defensive end. Luckily for the New Orleans Saints, Paulson Adebo came to him in the third round, and he has exceeded expectations. 
Uh, I just want to know uh, what y'all playing. Um, I don't know. As long as a wide receiving offensive lineman is concerned, uh, Carolina Panthers better than the Saints. Um, I'm okay with it. I don't care what the rest of it is. Halston and Debo turned out okay for the first year, uh, except for that game against Atlanta. That was a rough one. Well, it was early in a, in a season, you know, but in that second game, I mean, you can argue say he was one of the best uh, secondary players out there, right? You know I mean? So, look, dude was a rookie. And I, I said that before, like rookies are going to go through growing pains. But one thing that I liked about Paulson Adebo, he never wavered. And he had such an amazing confidence in himself. And, you know, every time you'll see him get beat on a play, he never got beat the same way. That dude going to be special. Like as long as he stay healthy, he's going to be special. Because he has great ball skills. He catches like a wide receiver. Like that one pass, man, he almost caught over his head for an interception. And that, you know what I'm saying? Also, one that other interception that he caught me in with in spectacular fashion. I mean, who wouldn't be excited about this dude? The only reason why Paulson Adebo was there for the Saints in the third round is because he set out during that COVID year and his draft stock fell. But according to a lot of those uh, you know, those uh scouts out there, he was one of the best, if not the best, corner. Uh, coming out of that, you know, coming out of that draft class. So the Saints found the diamond in the rough, and uh, he's living up to it, man. He's living up to those expectations. You guys might need to get a quarterback or a running back, yeah? I mean, yeah, we talked about that before, man, but it's not nothing that just completely imperative right now. Uh, bro, if we uh, get Olave and Penny, uh, we're going to the Super Bowl and also sign Jarvis. Well, I think that you have a real strong chance of making the Super Bowl. You know, I think you have a strong chance, especially being in a weak NFC where you really don't have too many, you know, stars, you know, at the quarterback position. Not as many as you once did. Uh, I want Cross and Alave in the first. Yeah, like, look, uh, Charles Cross might be a stretch. You have a chance of getting Alave if, if some things fall in your favor. Uh, I really think all of the top left tackles will be gone by the time we get to the draft. Well, I don't know, man. Being in position between pick number 16 and 19, I think that's a really good spot. I think that's a really good spot. TJ, what do you think is the real reason Sean left us? Uh, I think he was just ready for a new challenge. And also... Um, I just think he was ready for a new challenge because I, I look, I don't want to say, I think some people would say, well, he left because it seemed like the, you know, the ship was sinking. Was the ship really sinking? The defense probably played better than <laughs> we've seen them play in the last decade. Uh, you, you had some injuries. It wasn't like your team was just bad. I just think that he wanted to take on a new challenge. I mean, you're in the same place for 16 years. I mean, he just wanted to move on. I don't think he had anything to do with the front office. I mean, we all know that Sean Payton had so much cachet. I mean, he do basically do what he want. So I don't think it had anything to do with that. I just think that he wanted to take on a new challenge. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I just think it didn't work out because, you know, Brian Flores blew a whistle on him. But um, I really, you know, I, well, I know he was going to go to the Dolphins. I, I, that I know. 
he was going to go to the Dolphins. So just think he wanted a new challenge, uh, Keen Arthur. I'm going to stroll down a little bit. We're going to take a few more and then get up out of here. Uh, TJ, what do you think about Terrell Owens coming back to the National Football League and playing for the New Orleans Saints for a two-year contract, in your opinion, uh, sir? Ah, man, we haven't heard from him in a long time, but I feel like this is suffice. Hell no, to the no, 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 hell to the no. Nah, bro, that ain't it, man. Terrell Owens, <laughs> man, Terrell Owens about 50 out there, okay? Look, I know he's playing in some type of indoor league or something like that right now. I get it, right? I'm, look, he's probably the most physically gifted 50-year-old man I've ever seen in my entire life. But T.O.'s uh, best days are behind him. Uh, the National Football League has forgot about him. Time for him to move on, man. You know, that, that ain't it. <laughs> you know, you get yourself a lot of young quality uh, players in the draft, okay? You can get yourself some young vibrant guys at the wide receiver position that ain't it that ain't it man t.o nah good to see him out there though i like Kenyon green who played college ball alongside mccoy yeah i like green too uh, i think you know good solid good solid guy um probably gonna be like you know i don't know he's probably gonna be one of those guys that's probably uh get drafted a little bit late Paulson Adebo wouldn't have been available for the Saints if he played a full season. Absolutely not. Probably would have been one of the top. He probably would have been up there with J.C. Horn, to be honest with you. Uh, One-handed catch into Adebo. Saints uh, struck gold with Adebo. I agree. You know, I just think that people need to pump their brakes about how they evaluate the cornerback position. Like, we evaluate the cornerback position every time the ball go up and if a wide receiver catch the ball over him, oh, he suck. Like, these like I wide receivers get paid a lot of money to catch the ball too, man. But it's like our our evaluations of cornerbacks are like like so bipolar, right? We love them one minute, we love them on first down, hate them on second down, love them on third down. Like it, it's it's amazing, man. I don't think that a couple of plays where you know a quarterback puts the ball where it needs to be. And he, he catches the ball over a cornerback. That just, uh, you know, I mean, that just means that the guy's not good. Sometimes guys have bad games. I don't know if you touched on this, but how do you feel about Hill taking 15 snaps at quarterback? Um. Uh, once again. Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. Man, it's time to move on from the Taysom Hill experience, okay? Taysom Hill had an opportunity to be a quarterback. He played four games when Drew Brees went down with the ribs. He finished out the season when Jameis, uh, you know, got hurt. Trevor Simeon when living up to, you know, to the hype. You had your opportunities, okay? Anybody that's out here talking about Taysom Hill being a quarterback, he if you do this, do this for Taysom, it's over. It's over, folks. It is over. I mean, if you want to get him in there, throw the football a couple of times and some gimmick plays, maybe three, you know what I'm saying, maybe two, three times, you know, fine. But, nah, man, 10, 15 times, no. And let's just be real about this. The reason why Taysom was throwing the ball 10 and 15 times when Drew was there, because Drew couldn't get the ball down the field, 
And in some cases, Taysom can't even get the ball down the field. Okay, so no, man. You had the conversation with him, said that you probably gonna have him, you know, doing some H back stuff, tight end. You've been in the National Football League, you're about 32 years old, or will be 32 years old at the start of the season. Go ahead and embrace being that that slash role. You, you'll stay in the league much longer and you'll get opportunity to play. Right? If you try to keep on following this quarterback dream, you're gonna find yourself on the outside looking in or, or probably holding a clipboard. I mean, I, I just think that it's over, and it should be. And there's no knock on Taysom Hill. I think that Taysom Hill is, a, is an incredible athlete, but it's over with, man. I'm tired of all the gimmicks, okay? gimmick, All that gimmicky stuff, man, it's, it's time out for that stuff. Give me a guy that's can, that can be under center, and the team is going to win and lose based on the performance of that quarterback. I mean, that, that just, nah, it, it's over with, man. He had his chance. It'll be one like there's not a Taysom Hill supporter out there that can possibly say that the Saints didn't give Taysom Hill enough chances to prove that he can be a starting quarterback in the league. They've gave him several chances. And every time, you know, he has shown like that he ain't it. So I don't understand what you know anybody is asking for. No, I'm I'm I think that's over with, man. It's over with. The experiment is over. Full time or uh, tight end Taysom. Taysom needs to focus on trying to become the, the top 15 tight end and give up on that quarterback. I agree. Kelvin, I agree. I definitely agree. Taysom can't get it downfield without getting it accepted. Uh, the only reason I said Terrell on so he can help the younger guys. I didn't mean playing the game. What I meant was being a coach or a mentor uh in the national football league for our team um i don't know man i mean i don't know how take up uh, taysom hill uh terrell owens is as a coach you know I, I do know that uh great players don't always be become great coaches uh sometimes you might have you know some guys out there that end up being you know good coaches and stuff coming you know coming from being great players you know jerry west uh was a, a really good coach you know i mean Pat Riley won a championship with the Knicks. He was a really good coach, um, also a really good player as well. So you you have those you know those outliers, but I just think that Terrell Owens is just you know I, I don't know how he is as a coach, but if he plays the way uh, if he coaches the way that he played, he might not be a good coach. It's it's very rare that you have a guy. And I'm a you know I am gonna pat my alma mater on the back. You know, Deion Sanders, you know, Deion Sanders was arguably the greatest uh, cornerback of all time. To me, he was the greatest cornerback of all time, uh, you know, and now he's coaching a team and he's pretty good at it. So it, it's very rare that you get a guy of that caliber being that great, end up being able to lead men because there's, you know, but I don't know. I have to see it. I never, I never seen him. I never seen him coach, so I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you that. Uh, trying to read one more, and then we're gonna get up out of here. Oh yeah, I think I pretty much uh read everything else. I see a couple people. I see, I guess uh you know hoodie Jew that came through. What's going on, hoodie Jew man? Appreciate you for uh for being here. You no, know, I don't know if I think you just uh wrapped up your show, if I'm not mistaken. And shouts out to you, man, hoodie Jew uh 
drove two hours, man, two hours uh, to uh, deliver a gift to CT Crusher, which is um absolutely incredible, man. Like that just shows you how much he, you know, he cares, you know, about the people that support him. He holds, you know, holds down those individuals. He's uh, brought uh, fans to games, and he's really showed some love, man, to uh, to the community. So shouts out to him, man. It's being very interactive, and you know that's that's what it's all about, man. So shouts out to him, man. Keep up that good work, bro. Keep up that good work. Uh, try when you get done with your podcast, come slide over to mine and uh, come do a final mock draft with me. Uh, hoodie, uh, I appreciate that, man. But man, it is almost one o'clock where I'm at. If you if you do, uh, I don't know if you're doing a live draft tomorrow. If you're doing it tomorrow, now I'll come over there tomorrow. If you're doing something um, live tomorrow, I definitely uh, come over there. And also, man, I'm gonna be doing a live draft reaction here. So if you you want to, you can slide over here as well. Um, but yeah, man, definitely, I, I definitely want to do that, man. Uh, definitely want to uh, get get on your show and talk a little bit about Saints football. But if you I don't know. I don't know if you uh, you mentioned this or not. I don't know if you're doing a live draft reaction, but if you are, if you uh, are doing one, just let me know, and you know I I come over there, you know, and talk a little bit with you. And uh, you know, like I said, you can come over here because we'll be doing this live draft reaction show. This will be the fifth year that we're actually doing this. Um, we, you know, it's a little bit of a different format, but we're going to be doing live draft reactions. Of course, we're going to be uh having real <laughs> reactions of the saints draft picks regardless to what happens uh, it's going to be right here on the state of the saints podcast youtube channel across other platforms as well uh appreciate everybody uh for chiming in uh actually everybody hit that like button uh show supporters the state of the saints podcast also make sure that you go over to hoodie jubes channel as well uh youtube.com search hoodie jube subscribe to his channel as well um and also man just support uh the saints content but definitely man like i definitely want to get over there uh you know talk a little bit of saints football with you want to you know be able to you know want to be able to do that man i I, be, I feel you know bad sometimes i mean you invite me over and you know time you know time don't be right at times or i have something going on but i definitely want to get over there and talk talk with you man uh panther's better than the saints because he doesn't uh <laughs> He doesn't go something like Donald. I'm missing. Uh man. I don't think he I don't think he really truly believes the Panthers are better than the Saints. I mean, I stay in South Carolina, three hours from Charlotte. And even the biggest Carolina Panther fan I've seen when I say I talk about the Saints, they'd be like, Oh, all right. That's when you know you got somebody. When they'd be like, Who your favorite team is? And you tell them like the Saints. Oh, all right. That's how you know. <laughs> That's how you know, like, they ain't got nothing to say. But I will say Carolina has had success, man. They're not like, you know, bottom feed them losers who feel like just because, you know, they got a couple of years of prosperity, that's opposed to just completely exalve them of, of the suck they've been for the last decade, like the Bucks, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, Carolina, they've been putting in that work. TJ, thanks for always keeping it real. Who that? Neil, appreciate it, man. Appreciate that. Uh, Keenard says it's hard to send you a t-shirt with no size place or uh, or place to send it. Um, man, <laughs> like I said, man, I apologize. I apologize for this, man. Um, I'll make sure I'll make sure I send you that uh 
the information. I'll make sure I send it to you, King Arthur, on um, I'll DM you. I'll DM you that information. Just feel weird, man. You know, like not that you know, people like you know, want to send, you know, want to send stuff. Man, it just feel weird, man, because I'm I'm just always like grateful, you know, just you all just being here. You know, it's always humbling, like when people, you know, like send like different emails and you know, they send letters and stuff like that about how much they love the show and how much it means to them and you know how how the show inspires people to do you know podcasts and start things of their own. I mean, like I said, man, I'm I don't know. It just it's just weird, man. I'm just a everyday guy just like everybody else, and I just love sports and I love my hometown team. But thank you, man. I'll make sure I send that information over to you. Uh, what time are you going uh, live tomorrow, TJ? Uh, I'm gonna try to see if I can go uh, as soon as the draft starts. Now, don't hold me to that because my wife uh, gets off around 8 p.m. Eastern time, and that's around the time the draft starts. And of course, uh, for those that don't know, my I mean, my wife is a nurse, and I mean, she's not gonna get out at eight o'clock all the time, right? <laughs> Because, you know, you still got to see patients and she still got to do different things that, you know, to wrap up her day. And of course, you know, I have Paxton here. So if I do, then more than likely, you know, it have to be based around Paxton and how he's doing and how much attention he wants from me. But if, if not, you know, I make sure that I, I get on as soon as, as possible. But I'm going to try to start it uh, as soon as the draft starts. So it might be like one of them episodes where you may not see me on uh, camera to start. And then I'll end up like being on camera a little bit later on, probably once my wife get here, but we're going to figure out something, man. We're going to, we're going to figure out something. We're going to make it work, but I will say this, man, you know, I love it, but I'm a father first. So, you know, and we all know if you ever have a two year old, I mean, he's at that stage where he wants all your attention and you know, those temper tantrums starting to show up. Uh, damn right, TJ. The first episode I watched was the AJ Green episode. Man, got dog, got dog, casual. That was a long time. That was one of that was like one of the first like 15, 20 episodes I did. So thank you, man. Uh, humble man deserves some love too. I mean, I, I appreciate it, man. But I just don't. It's just weird. Like it's just just weird to me, man. Like when I, I see you know people out in the street or something like that, and they recognize me from this podcast. I don't know. It's just weird. I just love what I do, man. I just I'm grateful. I'm grateful to everybody, man. Grateful to anybody that ever clicked on this this YouTube channel or, or watched anything that I did. Because you you don't have to, right? You don't have to. So really do appreciate it. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints. Save 20% off of your purchase. Shouts out to Manscaped. Still doing great things. Still going strong with the podcast. Also, you can uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search The State of the Saints Podcast. Facebook.com. Search The State of the Saints Podcast. There's a new State of the Saints Podcast uh, Facebook page, okay? There's a new page that's uh, available right now. Um, I, I still interact on the old page, but... Uh, you know, somebody hacked into my old account that's attached to my old profile, uh, which I lost, unfortunately. So I had to restart the State of the Saints podcast page all over again. All right. So you can check that out. Uh, make sure that you, uh, you know, join that new page. Um, also, uh, the State of the Saints podcast clips 
is available on YouTube. So some people don't want to watch an hour and 28 minute show. So what I did was I'm going to take clips from each episode uh, and I'm going to uh, put that I'm going to uh, put it on that page. So it's going to be about uh, five to 10 minute clips, probably even less than that at times. So make sure you subscribe to the State of the Saints podcast clips. All right. That's that's the new page available. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio and also a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Till next time. All I got to say is, who that?